0: From Centered, welcome to the Take Root Podcast, where our purpose is to share testimonies that encourage you to deepen your roots of faith. Join host Karen Johnson to hear stories of those who have experienced God directing their own lives to a deeper, engaged faith. Well, friends, I am so excited to be back with you today and to be able to introduce you to a really good friend of mine, Jeff Rogers. Jeff is chairman for One Accord, which buys, sells, and operates privately held companies in the Pacific Northwest. And he's also the founder of Kairos, encouraging Christians to understand and live out their calling in the marketplace. Jeff serves on several boards. He's a natural people connector, and he cares deeply for the next generation. But I would say he finds his greatest joy in serving his beautiful family. He and his wife Amy live in Bellevue, Washington, and have three grown daughters. So, Jeff, welcome to the Take Group Podcast. Good to see you and have you with us today.
1: Oh my gosh, Karen, this is so fun to be here. It we is so matter, fun. I have to I have to tell you this thing just kicking off for fun is so my I had lots of interactions with Dean and Karen over the years, but there's there's this time where our Uh, Lauren was in high school Mm -hmm. and she received as a gift, a Bible Mm -hmm. from, from you. And you just have always had a love for really kids coming up and, and for those maybe that need a hand that otherwise may not get a hand. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. at that season in her life, Mm. that extra little hand and nudge was mm. very timely and mm. so when you do something for someone's kids right mm-hmm. especially in that time of need that that reflects a lot of their character and so yeah. it's really fun to see from that time until mm-hmm. today that you've developed this podcast that takes the relationships you have in this region and really mm-hmm. around the world and mm-hmm. helps take those and put them in the the mind and the heart and the ears of others right so you're mm-hmm. extending that community you've built for years mm-hmm. really to other people get to experience it which is mm-hmm. kudos to you doing this well,
0: Thank you thank you Jeff yeah. and that was that was a very special time it was a special group of young women that came in and made a little Bible study in my in my classroom. That's right and at that school at the time it was very special and Lauren was a part of that. So that was really great. Well, thanks. Well, listen, let's start with that. Let's start with you telling us a little bit about you, your background, family, kind of anything. What tell us about you?
1: You bet, and feel free as we're in a dialogue here and to intersect me, interject, redirect me too. So, in terms of story, (laughs) so I'll give a give a framework. Uh Um, I was um, what I've seen in my faith is that Jesus is relentless in his pursuit of relationship mm-hmm. um, in spite of, of sin or travail or missteps. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite scriptures is, uh, I think it's Philippians 1, 6, but he said, he continues to do the good work in us mm-hmm. that, be, that he began mm-hmm. until the day of his return. Yeah. And I think it's interesting, the day of his return, which we'll leave for another time, but yeah. <laughs> if he continues to do the good work, not me. Right. right? And I was an atheist, uh, not an agnostic, who became a Jesus follower, and it was that relentless pursuit through a series of events when I was in college at the U- University of Washington, mm-hmm. between my freshman and sophomore year, that this atheist began to understand. And when I say began, I would still say I'm in the beginning mm-hmm. of understanding God, right? To even, mm-hmm. to even suggest I have a, <laughs> a fingernails understanding who God is would be an overstretch. But at that time, mm-hmm. he he relentlessly pursued me through a series of relationships To then understand, I think not I accepted him because that suggests even I did something as much Mm -hmm. as it became apparent to me that he is who he says. Mm -hmm. And so my life from that time, from 19 until now into my 60s, has been a a series of a couple steps forward with sometimes a half or a step back Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. he continues to do that work. And that's led Amy and I to having three kids, of one of those is adopted from overseas. Mm-hmm. And Amy's starting what now is a couple schools, but working in Uganda mm-hmm. uh, to launching a ministry in this area called Kairos, which is to try and help people better understand who God has made them to be. And what the application of that calling or identity is into the marketplace. I know we've had Jamie Winship and Mm -hmm, I would, mm -hmm. I would defer to his content, go listen to that podcast on identity, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Who who is, what's my name? Who's got called me? me? Yeah. Yep. And then how do we play that out? So mine is in the marketplace. Yes, it is. Primarily. And so that's been, as I built our business now, one accord, or ministries or the work you and I do through the prayer breakfast, right? They're they're all intersected. We're one.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's intersected. Yeah. Yeah. So when you think about the, I want to hear a little bit more about how does an atheist become a follower of Jesus? How you said through a series of relationships, was that a slow eye opening or all of a sudden one day you just knew all the things people had told you were true?
1: Well, I'll share with you the story. Okay. And then you can pull from and note any questions that you might have. So, okay. so I, I grew up in Edmonds, and mm-hmm. starting out, we went to a church. And I don't, uh, it's not my business to, to disparage anybody and along their own journey, but we went to a church that I would say was significantly off track related to scripture. And that it said, kind of, all wow. things you believe wow. are fine and wow. always always lead to a good place. Huh. Well I studied the started to study and read some of those doctrines. I'm like they can't all they mm. don't all are mm. right? Meanwhile, I also had a science teacher uh that was very strong in this um mm. there is no creator, something came from nothing. I'm not sure how that works, wow. but I bought into that and I rejected mm. all of that kind of doctrine. Well at that same time Kind of contrasting views that are a bit interesting to look at. My best friend, uh, John Timon, was the leader of Young Life at my high school. He and I were, were skiing buddies. Okay. And my next door neighbor, um, I won't say her name, but she had become a Jesus follower. And mm-hmm. she came to me and said, you're a sinner and you need to repent. And I, I looked at her and I said, well, how about this? I'll make you a wager. For a year, I won't sin. You find anything I'm doing. Now, obviously, I didn't understand what sin was, right? (laughs) But but I was this kid who would do the right things, and I wouldn't do all sorts of behaviors that we consider off track. And, you know, and I said, you see, that's my junior high school. So meanwhile, Mm -hmm. my best friend's the young life leader, and I've got this other gal saying the sinner, and I'm going to burn. And I, I live to kind of disprove it. My best friend, John actually passed away my senior year and obviously unexpectedly. And he was also our class president and that did nothing to rock me. Hmm. It didn't, it didn't move me at all. Okay. Hmm. So that's kind of my, my founding. My roots are in this always lead to anywhere you want to go Hmm. and kind of this contrasting experience Hmm. of different views of what, a Christian was yeah one yeah. kind of this hardcore one this other very loving I went away to college and I was recruited uh, to go sell books door-to-door for a company that's based mm-hmm. in Nashville and I moved to Texas for the summer mm-hmm. and it was Saturday my eighth week of the summer and so I'm going to give you the specific mm-hmm. event okay and I knocked on the door of the family and she she came to the door she said Sheila Upshaw, still remember Fred and Sheila. <laughs> and she said, you know, uh, you can come back when my husband's home, because I'll look at the books, but I won't do it till he's here. I'm like, that's great. Yeah. And she looks yeah. and she goes, but Jeff, something's wrong. Something's bothering you. And I said, my kind of standard, well, I'm, I apologize if I've cut you to bad time. and You know, I'm happy to come back. I just thought it was an objection. She goes, no, 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 you can come back. She goes, but something's really bothering you. Hmm. I looked at her and I said, You know, I just had the best day of my best week of my whole summer. I said, I made enough this week to pay for all the college where I go for next year, just this week. She goes, Yeah, but something's bothering you.
0: (laughs) I was like, Oh my goodness.
1: And she goes, I said, You're right. I said, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know what it is because I'm doing really well yet. I, I, there's a sense that I'm missing something. And she she came back and she said, hold on a minute. Here's my husband's business card. She wrote three scriptures on the back and she goes, do you have access to a Bible? And I said, well, funny you would ask. I said, I live with Ophel and Ethel Fry, uh, in Dimmit, Texas, and they were my landlords. Hayden Fry was a famous football coach. It was his mom and dad. Oh wow! And I, every night when I come home, they have a a Bible on my pillow. Oh! <laughs> and every night when I get home at about eleven o'clock, I throw it under the bed because uh-huh. I don't know. want it. And they're uh-huh. in their mid seventies, so I put it there because it's hard to get. And every night I come home, it's there, right? <laughs>
0: so that's Somebody's crawling it. under that bed at age seventy something. Well,
1: <laughs> think about this, you know. God's in this relentless pursuit, right? There's yes. something yes. going on there, right? Yep. So, I that Saturday night is about one in the morning after I'm done with my laundry, and I pull out the Bible. I have no idea how to find anything, and the first scripture I read is pretty funny. It's interesting. Was in Acts. Hmm. I don't know where, to, but I remember it was in Acts. And you know, the beginning of Acts really tells the story of the church. It's kind of interesting, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. So I read that, and then it was John three sixteen. And I read that and I go, that's it. That's what I'm missing. Hmm. And I fell asleep. Wow. I woke up the next morning and I went down to Othel and Ethel. And oh, by the way, I had two other roommates. They never left the Bible on their pillows. Just mine. Huh. Right. And I said, I read these scriptures. I believe it to be true. Wow! And they, were, and they looked and they go, yep, we could see it. So this pursuit. Now, I come back to college. I was this atheist who is a very good kid. Mm-hmm. I, I was a good student. I was, I, I didn't do a lot of the fraternity stuff that people mm-hmm. did.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And here's evidence, Karen, of the Holy Spirit. So mm-hmm. I'm a new Christian. I've yeah. never been to a church that's a good church. Yeah. I don't know anything. I'm in a chapter meeting, and they said, any announcements? Mm-hmm. And someone said, we're going to have a Bible study that's going to be Tuesday huh. right after dinner, just like the chapter meeting for anybody who wants to attend. And I, I remember thinking, who's who Who would say that here? Like, and I realized it was me.
0: Oh, <gasps> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm
1: like, what? I don't know what a Bible study is.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: So fast forward through that, I would go to church. I'm like, well, I better go to church. So I would go to Upress, and Bruce Larson was the pastor at that time. And yep, I, would take this, yep. I would take notes, mm-hmm. and then I would deliver it, his sermon. <laughs> on,
0: on Tuesday, Tuesday S- nights. And there's no better way to learn than teaching yourself. I mean, teaching yes. others. Right. yourself. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, I was the only one in my family that was a Jesus follower, not my parents, my sister. Oh, my goodness. Since became a Jesus follower, my mom became one at 74. Oh, she's in BSF today. She's in wow.
0: her 80s. Wow.
1: My helps run the ministry in Uganda. Wow. Uh, so it's, you know, kind of been this growing throughout our family. But that's the beginning of my story mm-hmm. of, you know, so Romans do I choose God or does God choose me? I don't know if I'm Calvin or Arminian, just leave that out there, other than I know he relentlessly pursued me
0: yeah. into
1: relationship. And I saw yeah. evidence of the Holy Spirit really working. Yeah, even though in spite of sin and travail, now there's a whole bunch of things in there that are dark and Mm -hmm. difficult and Mm -hmm. trying, yet I've seen God's goodness through it all. Wow, that's just amazing.
0: That's so amazing. I love that. That's why they call him the hound of heaven. I think that's a C.S. Lewis (laughs) phrase. Because and for anybody listening who is wondering, what about my sister, my son, my parent? We have to remember that God is relentlessly pursuing all of his children and he loves them more than we do.
1: That's and timely that's, for me too. Yeah. yeah that's the yeah. conversation Amy and I've been having around one of our, one yeah. of our kids mm-hmm. cultures pressing on our kids, yep. for all sorts. of. Oh
0: different- my gosh. Yeah, for sure. We, you know, we continue to pray, but we don't lose hope because we know they're his children and he loves them more than we do. And he is actively pursuing them in ways we don't know. I just, I have to sometimes keep reminding myself of that, (laughs) that truth. Oh man. Well, thank you for sharing that story. That is so cool. I love that story. I don't think I've heard that before. And I and I something I have noticed, as you said, we have worked for many years together uh, in various ways. Um yep. we, we met years ago, and I have such respect for you. I would say the last couple of years or few years, as I have observed you, it seems like you have even been developing like a deeper walk with Jesus yeah. in these last few years. And that's my observation. Is that correct? And What would you want to share about
1: that? I'm going to tell you a little story to uh, endeavor to answer the question is I have a intergenerational guys group that has eight younger guys in it. When we started it, three Mm -hmm. of us were 50s or older Uh and eight of seven of the eight were in their 20s and one was in his 30s. So we've been together over a decade. So you can Mm -hmm. advance that. Seven were single. Mm -hmm. One was married. Today, seven are married. One single. Mm -hmm. There were two kids. Now there's like 20 kids. I how many. There's a lot of kids.
0: That's so cool.
1: But we we're around our fire pit. And one of those uh, guys, Robbie Hip, said, Jeff, how do you stay balanced so well with all that you have going on? And we just talk openly about anything. And mm-hmm. I said, Well, just a minute. And I went and got Amy. And mm-hmm. I said, Will you come out? And Robbie has a question. <laughs> Amy, Amy loves these guys because they've been around the house for a decade and she's yeah. to grow. And, and she goes to bed early, she was not asleep but she was in bed she comes out because she loves these guys and mm-hmm. they said, Rob, Robbie has a question okay, how's Jeff's day so balanced and keep it all working well she rolled her eyes and walked off <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wondered where this story was leading
1: <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> I said, yeah, we don't really have it figured out. So she came back. She goes, no, look, I've seen improvement. I've seen growth. But the biggest challenge we have in our marriage is probably kind of the way we like to engage community and culture and family. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that God has brought two different people together. Sure. Right. That we we complement each other's strengths and weaknesses. And so thinking like, well, you have it figured out. You know, the question is, it seems to me you've grown in your faith over the past couple of years. You know, how is that or why is that? Or, you know, it's almost probably a better question for those like Amy or you who've who've mm-hmm. seen it. But what I what mm-hmm. I will say is that mm-hmm. there have been two things I'm observing as I reflect the depth of faith that I've seen mm-hmm. over the past couple of years. One of those is an experience that you and I share where a small group of us came together to start praying for the city on a weekly basis. And I think mm-hmm. we're well over a year. We're probably moving towards a year and a half of doing that pretty much every week. Yeah. And I wouldn't say prayer is my spiritual gift. I believe in the scripture says that we're given different gifts. Mm-hmm. And I think God through a sovereignty can embed any gift in us to use in a certain moment. Like I think we could all, teach or preach or heal or Mm -hmm. pray. But there's probably an underlying gift that you have the whole time back to Jamie's content on identity, like who's God Mm -hmm. made me to be, right? I'm not Mm -hmm. sure that prayer is really mine. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's my gift. I think it's something we all have. But what I've seen through this being steadfast Mm -hmm. is a deepening of faith and abiding, Mm -hmm. not having to lead, or have the prayer or be the instigator or mm-hmm. just to be there mm-hmm. and be and watch him work. Yeah. And I'm reminded through you. I'm reminded through a gentleman Wes Anderson mm-hmm. who who've been walking the journey faithfully for a long time. We just need to be in the stream of what God's doing, not try and figure out what we need to do, but right, actually where right. where is it going already? Right? So I think there's been a more of a surrender to that. The other would be through really the most difficult trying business environment that I've been in for a number of years and trying to sort it out. It's not the most Mm -hmm. difficult thing I've gone through in life. The most difficult seasons of life have been in relationships and especially marriage Mm -hmm. and some challenges that have been mostly manifested by me in our marriage Mm -hmm. that have been really difficult. Those have been more difficult, Mm -hmm. but they've also been more episodic where in the business sense for me, I've taken on a number of initiatives. That are really marathons, not sprints. They're going to take a long time to come to fruition. Mm-hmm. And what they brought about is a greater dependence and surrender. Mm-hmm. And I think his sovereignty through my choice, mm-hmm. right? My own free will of putting myself there. He didn't, God didn't make me do it. Now, did he nudge me? Could have, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I've chosen. And in that circumstance, I, I've grown independence in dependence mm-hmm. not independence grown in deep independence gotcha. of yeah. Him. yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: the other thing you brought up i mean i said there's two i'm gonna add a third caring because you said mm-hmm. it. you learn by teaching mm. through this i've also been blessed to develop a lot of relationships with an emerging generation mm-hmm. through doing some things that we love in common yeah and i think as they ask questions and press mm-hmm. in you learn more sometimes by what you share with others whether they get it or not I think it sticks and I think we're knows a strong word I would say I know we're designed to be in relationship and communities how God made us as a triune God right yeah,
0: God yeah. Himself. so yeah.
1: We're, we're made to be in community so as we're in community I also have a deepening of my faith as I learn to walk with people. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of things I can't fix. Yeah. Yeah. I just have to be with them in it. And so I think that's, that's been another element of listening and walking with causes me to abide more. Mm -hmm. And then my business has caused me to abide and be dependent. Yeah. And then we come together in prayer and I see God work Mm-hmm. But I see him work in his ways, not my ways. Right. So I think all those things have come together over the together. last time.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just used the word surrender in that description a minute ago. And you know, that is something that that I think we misunderstand a lot, is that that the word surrender seems to put people off sometimes. And yet when we really understand what it means to surrender. Uh, our whole selves and and things we're going through and other people we love and concerned about when we surrender those to him it actually gives the greatest freedom we can ever experience
1: isn't that that that's ironic right isn't
0: it isn't it and and i think it's something that is so misunderstood and yet you, you have a heart concern for a business you're working with or a heart concern for a person in your life and when when you hang on to it, the angst builds. But when you surrender it and put it and say, Lord, you take this. It's too big for me. And if we leave it there, then this peace mm-hmm. arrives. Mm-hmm. That's his promise, right? That he will fill us with his peace about, yep, I've got that person or yep, I've got that situation. Yeah. And I'm I'm working on it. And it's not even a promise it's all going to get fixed, but that you know he's in it. And and with loved us. with us. Yeah. That's that's a big thing I've been learning lately anyway. Well, Jeff, you and I have had the joy of working together uh on a prayer and planning committee for King County Prayer Breakfast for many, many years. And you're now chairman of that committee. And that is part of this praying in Seattle started over 80 years ago. People praying in a core in downtown Perfect. Seattle. And we are now doing that again weekly as a small group of people. Um, But for all the years that we've had this King County prayer breakfast that is met in a big ballroom in downtown Seattle, and and this, this group of people, this committee, our um, passion, our vision for that has always been to connect people in a meaningful way, in a better way throughout the year. And then those people come together kind of as the final thing of the year to come together in this big prayer breakfast. And now that vision is becoming a reality in this year, almost post-COVID, because of some of the things we've learned from COVID. And uh, tell, tell us about that. Share the vision and the thing that's going on now that's so exciting.
1: Well, as you know, because uh, you do know me well, um, at times I will say I have a story. So I have a story.
0: and And i love stories
1: (laughs) so there was a good-sized church in this area that you would know that uh, i was meeting who i believe had some of the most discipled in a sense of biblically rooted adults in understanding scriptural application to family work charity um community they were incredibly well trained Mm-hmm. not just by the pastor, but their entire community and mm-hmm. school and all sorts of things were integrated. And I was having lunch with a pastor mm-hmm. and he said, you know, my prayer is that God will take that and help us now go throughout all the community mm-hmm. and take because we do, we have this well-seasoned, good-sized church in this area, and we we need to have more impact on our culture. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, I said, oh, Lord, be careful what you pray for. <laughs> he goes, what do you mean? I said, well, you do have that church, and I have many friends, including some in our couples group, but you're also kind of inwardly focused in your structure for some of the events you do and the way it's kind of inward in community instead of outward. I said, so be okay. careful because that's going to be radical. He goes, yeah, that's what I believe God's saying. Hmm. Well, a year later, that church of several hundred families broke up, hmm. is gone, doesn't exist. Matter of fact, their, hmm. their property is now a huge apartment complex in this area.
0: Wow. He dispersed them. <laughs> Those family. Yeah, seriously.
1: And they are. Mm-hmm. And you know what? They're instrumental in all sorts of ministries and churches in this area today. They really are. Mm-hmm. But it was not in the way you would expect. And I think for years we have prayed as a is a team for mm-hmm. more impact and more ongoing engagement, right? And more. Mm -hmm. consistent relationships. And yet we would spend our planning time in relationship with each other, but then planning an event. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was good. It was good. Yeah, it was good. And it was a super great encouragement. The one thing I miss is that once a year where there's 500 to a thousand people in a room that you look around the room and you go, I'm not alone. Look at all these people. they mm-hmm. all are coming together mm-hmm. to pray. And you hear people from different sectors pray that are not the sector you're in, and mm-hmm. arts and education and but you know first responders and government and so on. and it was super encouraging. But then we would leave the event and you'd pay your valet ticket and go on your way until the next one, right? Mm-hmm. And we've been mm-hmm. continuity as a team, but not as a community. We've been asking God, you know, how what do we do and how do we be more? um engaged as a as a part of what god's doing that we're not the movement
0: exactly the yep.
1: movement of god how do we tap in as a like a tributary into the stream into the river of, of right. what He's doing and right. you know so you had asked that and then when you know covid came and we couldn't meet we couldn't not only do the event but we couldn't even really meet as a planning team Mm-hmm. For, for mm-hmm. months, right? I don't really know who initiated that. That's not so much the deal as it was initiated. Let's meet together outside and pray. Well, what do we pray for? Well, mm-hmm. it was a really dark time in our city. I, you know, Karen, mm-hmm. I'm fifth generation mm-hmm. Seattle on one side. Mm-hmm. My mom was Miss Ballard in the <laughs> Seafair parade. My <laughs> grandparents were one of three families that settled Ballard. Wow. So, mm-hmm. like, I'm from Seattle. Like, yeah. you know, we travel around the world. People say, Where are you from? I don't say Bellevue or Kirkland. Yeah. Yeah. Seattle, yeah. Right? They're like, yeah. Oh, we know Seattle, Microsoft, Starbucks, Boeing. Well, yeah, you want to have pride in it. Yet it was dark.
0: Oh, yeah. Everything was boarded up when we started and dark and
1: hardly any people. Yeah. We happened to start, I think, in October, November. It was raining. It was cold. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And to clarify, it is in Westlake Park. In downtown Seattle, that we meet every Thursday at noon, and uh, I, I remember very clearly that everything boarded up and dark. There wasn't anything going on in the park. There were no food trucks. There were hardly any lights. And then, as the months progressed, Christmas lights went up. I remember the day standing there praying, and they were putting up Christmas lights in the park. And I said, "The lights are coming back on." I really remember that. And then it has gotten progressively better. But this faithful group of people. You know, God says when two or three are gathered, he's there and there's power in that. And there are people praying all over King County for their little communities and their cities. God's already at work in all those places. And now there's this excitement building of can we bring all those groups, find them and bring them together, right? To be a part of this. So go, go ahead with explaining
1: yeah. that. Well, well, and thank you, Karen, for inviting anybody who's hearing this podcast to mm-hmm. attend and share it because yeah. it's not yeah it's not any one church any one no. organization in one no. group it's no. whomever as a matter of fact there are many people that are have been on the streets
0: who've yeah. joined us
1: yep i'm homeless mm-hmm. who've joined us mm-hmm. some seattle ambassadors who actually serve the city mm-hmm. right there's been numerous people all all are welcome and all are invited and i mm-hmm. i think part of what's happened is, you know, God, God is a God of infinite love. And part of the reason we know that is you can grow in relationship with someone that you haven't known, and mm-hmm. start to fall in love with that person, and maybe a filial sense of brotherly, sisterly love. Mm-hmm. And yet, as I look at our group, I'm pretty sure that it's safe to say, We come from very diverse socioeconomic backgrounds. Mm -hmm. We come from different ages and ethnic backgrounds. Mm -hmm. I'm going to guess we have a pretty right, left, middle, up, down spectrum of voting. Yep. And yet that's all immaterial. Right. Because we're there under the name of Jesus to pray for the welfare of our city and the welfare of our region. Mm -hmm. And so what we have all asked for, I believe, is not because we've asked for it, but I think because it's what God's doing Mm -hmm. that now groups are forming. And so what we're inviting Mm -hmm. is that every city in King County, and then eventually we would love to see every precinct of which I think there's about 2000. So there's Mm -hmm. around 40 cities. Mm -hmm. Yep. And and let me just, our area, Kirkland is an example, Kirkland's one city, but it's probably five distinct Neighborhoods, mm-hmm. yeah, that there be groups praying ongoing. We're trying to partner with what's already happening, exactly, and catalyze others to do the same.
0: Right, and then this year, the King County Prayer Breakfast is not going to be in a hotel in downtown Seattle. It's going to right. be in all of these people's homes as they are already praying for their communities. They're going to invite a few of their friends over and on April 19th at 7 a.m., have some coffee together and the King County Prayer Breakfast will be online that you can watch for a little bit. And you are the main speaker, which is going to be super fun. And then um, then people will just uh, sit, you know, when that's done, they will sit and gather around their cup of coffee, hopefully have a list of leaders in their community, their city, Right, that, that they then pray over, and people will be praying in in every one of these thirty nine forty cities of King County in homes across the county, and and then it will continue on throughout the year. Those same groups, are, the prayer is that God's already got people everywhere, so those people will continue that prayer. And our hope is to help be uh, connectors of all those groups. Right?
1: Amen. Mm-hmm. I mean, envision this. You know, picture. This this kind of motivates me to work towards a picture of I've seen us for, I think, over 70 weeks praying, falling Mm -hmm. in love with each other, believing in prayer, Mm -hmm. building community and being concerted. We're praying for the Seattle City Council by name, each person, right? The mayor, Mm -hmm. chief of police, fire department, Mm -hmm. educators, principals, superintendents, Mm -hmm. right? First responders. Yes. You know, doctors, educators, so on by name or by area. What would happen if that happened every week in every city in King County Mm -hmm. week after week after week over a year? There's been some extraordinary events happen over the last year that we've seen that have been answers to prayers. And, and I'm not as much going to bring those up specifically because unless you understand the full context of it, it's not to be polarizing, but just in terms of some of the moves by, by council or, or government bodies have been directionally for the welfare of the good of the people. We've right. seen progress, right? right? We've seen movement. I right. don't know if that's a result of us being there or not. I can't say, I can say, that I have built in relationship with other people in prayer. Mm-hmm. And I believe God answers prayer. Well, what if that were multiplied through 40 cities in our region every week, year after year? Then I think in a couple of years, by the way, Karen, we do yeah. have a gathering. Yeah. And we do pull us together an event. Yeah. So yeah. Can hear what's God done. Yeah. Now there's a reason to celebrate versus have a gathering.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So if somebody is interested and wants to uh, sign up for this, what's what's the website they go to?
1: King County PB, right, for prayer uh-huh. Yep. So King County Yeah. And you can sign up, invite a group of friends. Mm-hmm. And as Karen mentioned, in your home or in your business or in a nonprofit, mm-hmm. a church, anywhere that you want to gather. And if you said, hey, I'm in Burien, I'm in Ballard, right? I'm going I'm in Belltown. I'm mm-hmm. gonna, I'm gonna take this little community and I'm gonna bring mm-hmm. two, three, four of us, ten of us together. Mm-hmm. Then that morning you'll be able to log on and we'll kick mm-hmm. things off and mm-hmm. share the story and the vision about mm-hmm. what God's doing in Seattle mm-hmm. and model the prayer that in turn we'll just have folks do in their own homes and offices. Yeah. Yep. And hopefully. Get that going on an ongoing basis.
0: Absolutely. So April 19th at 7 a.m. and uh, kingcountypb.org. Well, Jeff, this has been so much fun talking to you and hearing your story. I just, as I said, I love stories. That's what this is all about is sharing people's stories of faith to encourage others. And you've been a great encouragement as you've shared today. Is there anything else that you would, any final thought you'd like to leave with the listeners An encouragement thought?
1: Just a little one. Mm -hmm. Um, Doing this, Karen, is very, very humbling. I know of my unworthiness. A friend of mine said this to me years ago. He said, you know, Jeff, we compare our insides to other people's outsides. Hmm. We Hmm. compare how we feel to how they look. Hmm. Interesting. So- well, the bio that you said is true. It's mm-hmm. it, it reminds me of an experience I had recently. I, st- I was in a coffee shop and this friend of mine, Matt, came, came up. And you would know Matt from our mm-hmm. kids' school together. Mm-hmm. He said, hey, it looks like you're doing really, really well. I said, well, Matt, that's great. Like, why do you say that? He goes, well, just what I see on Facebook.
0: Oh.
1: <laughs> and I said, okay, well, it's true. Like what I post on Facebook hopefully is true. But, you know, it's maybe 20% of the story. Right. I don't post this. Let me show the argument. Amy and I are having Sunday morning on the way to church. (laughs) Right. So the bio is true, but it doesn't show the the difficulties (laughs) and challenges that we all face. And so this just simple thought is. Uh, When Amy went to Uganda for the first time, she was just a mom from our region that decided to do something around education for AIDS orphans. And it manifested into some other things. But, you know, I remember people thinking, how does mom just pick up with another mom, my sister, and Mm. go do this thing? Well, Mm. it started with just a conversation. What could we do to honor a family member who have died of AIDS, of mm. something that could be used for good and would teach our kids something. Mm. Um, as we say, it's it's kind of hard to take Bellevue out of the girl if you don't take the girl out of Bellevue. <laughs> <laughs> so how could they learn and how can we do good, and right? So she mm-hmm. took a step and it manifested in more. And I would say the same thing here is just take a step Find someone they need, take them out for a coffee and listen, mm-hmm. right? I love group, that. Go invite a neighbor. You're going to, hey, we're going to have a prayer thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Can
1: I pray for you? We're, g- we're going to get together. Yeah. Would you like to join us? Mm-hmm. Or is there anything I could pray for? Well, yeah. what do you mean? There's yeah. a group of us getting together for a coffee on the 19th, and we're going to pray for our neighborhood. So mm-hmm. anything we can pray for, just take a step.
0: Yeah. Yeah, one thing. Be do do the thing that's in front of you. That's beautiful. Yep. That's yep. great. Thank you, Jeff. You are um, a blessing to me, and I know to so many people. And I just thank you for your leadership and for your um, humility and desire to walk uh, solely for what He calls you to. So thank you for being with us today.
1: We're on the same team, Karen. Let's you, take you. our let's take our next step.
0: All righty, sounds good. Thank you for listening to the Take Root podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and share. To learn more about Centered and hear more stories of discovery and growth in Jesus, visit us at centered.org.